Welcome to 153 Great Podcasts, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Praise the Lord, everyone. This broadcast is going to be totally misunderstood depending upon the bias of the listeners. Some of you will not be able to determine what I am saying today, but I encourage you to pray and ask the Lord Jesus to reveal to you what you should do based upon the corona takedown that's occurring in the world today. And this is what I want to talk about. So before we begin, let's listen to a few newscasts, shall we? Let's begin with Dr. Fossey, national health care expert who appeared on the uh, Fox News broadcast yesterday. It's understandable how when people see a, tra- a, a travel ban, they immediately want to hunker and get, and get home. Hopefully we don't have more of that, but I think we probably, unfortunately, will see that. And, and- is that a problem in terms of the spread well, of the disease? I mean, obviously, whenever you have crowds, I mean, that's the thing we've been talking about and that we really want to implement is to have that kind of social separation. You testified before Congress this week and you made, I think, what most people would consider some pretty chilling comments. Here they are. Bottom line, it's going to get worse. The flu has a mortality of 0.1%. Sure. This has a mortality of 10 times that. What's different about this virus? What's different in how contagious it is and how lethal it is? Well, I would say three things, Chris. One, it's brand new, so we don't have any prior experience about what it's going to do, what its dynamics are going to be. Number two, it spreads very easily. There's no doubt about that. It isn't like some of the other outbreaks that we had that just didn't adapt itself to spread among humans. And number three, it's very serious in the sense of morbidity and mortality, particularly among and, and, and very heavily weighted towards individuals who are more susceptible, the elderly and those with underlying conditions. And in terms of contagiousness and lethality, worse than the flu? Well, yes. I mean, it, it just is. And we've got to face that fact. We've got to be realistic. I mean, we've got to realize, and I said that uh, at, at the hearing, that it, things are going to get worse before they get better. But the kinds of things we're doing now will hopefully mitigate that. You know, I... I that if we do everything right, that we could be on the other side of the curve in eight weeks? The answer, first of all, we have to say that people don't misunderstand. We are not sure what the duration is going to be, number one. Number two, if you look at what happened in China, where they had that peak and then they are coming down. There were only 11 new cases in China. They dominated the new cases just a few months ago. So if it started off in China, you know, two or three months ago, they started coming down within a two-month period. Now let's hear what's happening in Pennsylvania. 
mentioned earlier, there are now 47 confirmed cases across the state, including the two cases here in Allegheny County. Governor Wolf announcing this afternoon efforts underway to limit contact between people in Bucks, Chester counties by closing non-essential spaces. Similar measures are underway in Delaware and Montgomery counties. The governor also urging Pennsylvanians, Pennsylvanians rather, to make greater efforts to stay healthy tonight. It's imperative that every Pennsylvanian, all of us, all 12.8 million of us, that we do our part. So stay calm, stay home, and stay safe. If you can avoid visiting public places, please do so. Businesses and organizations across Pennsylvania are already stepping up to the challenge and providing no-contact services. And now for Washington State. It's important to pay particular attention to this broadcast from Seattle. Breaking now on Como News at 11, yet another dramatic development in the coronavirus outbreak. Governor Jay Inslee making big news tonight, now preparing to shut down bars, restaurants, and recreational and entertainment facilities. This is a statewide order that will also ban gatherings of more than 50 people. The governor now saying the state must act with, quote, even greater urgency as cases rapidly rise across our state. The governor is expected to say tomorrow that his statewide shutdown on things like bars, restaurants, gyms, and theaters will be in place through at least the end of the month. It is closing time at Red Mill Burger's Totem House location in Ballard. Hopefully it's just a couple weeks, but we don't know. A sign on the front door warns customers this popular spot off 54th Street is now temporarily closed in response to the nationwide COVID-19 outbreak. Starting Tuesday, eateries two other locations in Finney Ridge and Interbay will have limited hours and only take-to-go orders without cash. It's going to have a ripple effect, Steve. Thank you. And there is more to those state and county orders. They prohibit all gatherings over 50. And groups under 50 people can only meet if certain criteria for hygiene and social distancing are met. We will learn even more details at a joint news conference set for Monday morning. Como News will have live coverage here on the air, online at ComoNews.com as well. The governor has continued to stress the importance of doing our part just hours before this announcement. Look at this. Inslee tweeted this plea to Washingtonians to practice social distancing. He posted those who don't, quote, your actions could kill someone. Now for the part where most of you will misunderstand me. First, let's begin and look at this from the point of view of the devil. If you want to stop church meetings, stop people from coming together, laying hands on one another, taking communion, worshiping together in what some have are large buildings with huge overhead costs. What better way than to start a panic and a fear that people are going to infect others, that people are going to get sick, and to remove elders from the church? This is a brilliant strategy. Now, we have to be aware of the devil's devices, okay? The early church suffered persecution in Jerusalem. God permitted it. Why? To spread the gospel throughout the whole world. But it's my belief that God has permitted the coronavirus takedown to get the church to multiply. How are we going to have church in the future where we cannot come together in large buildings, neglecting our social responsibility by self-isolating? That's the message. Self-isolate. And if you don't, you're killing people. You are a bad citizen. 
Now, this comes straight out of China. And, uh, of course, they have tremendous persecution of church people. They forbid gatherings. But let's say that you buy into the fact that somebody could infect you and you're afraid, or you're afraid that you could infect somebody else. It doesn't matter what your motive is. The result is the same. People will stop assembling. Scripture says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, such as you see the day approaching, talking about the end time. I believe that God is giving us a wake-up call. He's giving the church a wake-up call in the sense that we have to be able to meet in spite of fear of disease or plague. In the Great Tribulation, which has not occurred yet because the kickoff signs are not there, in the Great Tribulation, plague is one of the colors of the four horsemen. And of course, we are being prepared to be able to meet as Christians together in spite of corporate buildings. In other words, what if we can't go back to our churches? How are we going to feed the weak that are spiritually weak? If you're a pastor, you have to be concerned about the spiritually weak that need that weekly feeding and that worship service or they won't make it Christian style. Then there are people that can feed themselves, the very few. Are we developing elders that can have house meetings throughout the community, bringing over five couples or five families to worship together, lay hands on one another, pray for the sick, uh, conduct sermons. Now, some churches are doing uh, things that are, are appropriate. They are using technology like Facebook video to broadcast sermons to the faithful that are out there online, okay, that are not just afraid of coming to a meeting, but are being regulated by the state not to assemble. You saw in Washington that it's not socially acceptable to, to go to public gatherings of 50 or more. That's going to become a law. Let me ask you a question. If you're going to have a coronavirus test, are they going to swab your cheek? And where else do we see people swabbing cheeks? DNA tests. You're going to put your name on that swab. You're going to become identified, not only if you have corona or not, but your DNA, your identifier. Who's going to have that information? Is it going to be in some great database in the sky controlled by the CDC or the WHO, the World Health Organization? And then are you going to be forbidden to go to Walmart and shop or Costco if you're not in that database? These are real concerns. And people have to understand that they are surrendering their rights in a panic. Now, I'm not downplaying the fact that people are sick and they're dying from coronavirus, the flu. But what I'm saying is that there are some costs and the church needs to organize to accommodate what these costs are. So you'll notice in the broadcast that I provided today that there's a pattern. Number one is to create fear. Okay, we know that fear is incompatible with love. Second, not just fear, but responsibility. To be a good citizen, we need to be responsible. And then, of course, the third thing is, we're going to tell you whether you can meet or not. And if you don't listen to us, okay, you're going to be infecting people and you're a murderer. These are serious things, folks. So the church needs to address this, accommodate this. Now, in the early church, they met house to house. How are we going to accomplish this? How are we going to organize? How are we going to communicate? If you're a pastor today, you've got to be very concerned. You have gone to the corporate worship model. You have buildings, you have debt, and that's normal. Every pastor has debt 
on buildings and uh, has a, a large church plant. But have we developed the elders that can minister? Have we helped our people grow to the point where they can feed themselves if there is no corporate meeting? That's the real question here, discipleship. So we've got a lot of work to do. God is giving us a preview of what the Great Tribulation will be like and how we respond during the Corona takedown virus is very important. Now, I know that some of you are going to say that I'm advocating that everybody goes to church and I don't care about people that if they get the virus at church, etc. I didn't say that at all. I can see that some people feel they're being responsible by not going to church. But my question is, how long are you going to wait? As the uh, national uh, health guy, Dr. Fossey, said, eight weeks? They don't know. How long will this last? People are closing schools, they're closing restaurants, they're closing churches. How long? A year? Six months? Five years? We need to start praying and asking God what we should do about assembling. I would encourage you to assemble. I would encourage you to pray and get a word from the Lord on what you should do. And pastors, I can appreciate what you're going through. It's a very difficult time. You've got to be concerned about your flock, number one. And of course, your finances to keep that large church going, that large church plant. It's a different time. It's a difficult time. But in my mind, God is giving us a tune-up for great tribulation. Yesterday, um, my wife and I, as we drove to church, we noticed that several churches were closed. The Methodist Church, the Lutheran Church. But when we got to our church, I saw that about 40% of our congregation was missing. Many of the elderly people. And there were other people that really had no reason to worry, but they were missing too. Maybe it was their opportunity to take a vacation from church. I'm not exactly sure what their motives were, or maybe they were legitimately fearful, or they didn't want to infect somebody. Maybe they were really sick. But I know this, they weren't assembling. We have to assemble. It's not optional. So we've got to do something here to accommodate what's going on. Folks, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your pastor, and you should be praying for your pastor as well. I want to pray that God would speak to you. Jesus, I pray for everybody that hears this broadcast. I pray for my pastor, Lord. I pray you'd help him and his team, God, to adapt and accommodate this takedown that's going on on church assembly. And for all the people that are listening to this that haven't thought through the issues, I pray, God, you would enlighten them. Lord, I bind fear in Jesus' name. God, let the voice of the Spirit speak to me, Lord God, on what I need to do to assemble and to be part of the body of Christ. Lastly, I want to say this, folks, is that if you don't take communion, you have not renewed your covenant. <laughs> communion is all about renewing your covenant, and you can't take communion alone. Watch an Internet church. You have to be part of the body of Christ. Otherwise, your branch will be broken off and cast into the fire. God bless you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to 153greatpodcast.com, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Please subscribe, and better yet, help us by contributing. God bless you.